Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Baseball for Breakfast, your weekly serving of dingers and zingers. This week, we got a uh, fun episode for you guys. We're going to start off by just reviewing some of the awards that have been named, some sports news, uh, you know, baseball as per usual. Um, and then we'll go into an AL East offseason preview, so it'll be cool. Um, I would say the most important news of the week is that the first female GM in sports history has now been hired by, or male sports history has now been hired by uh, the Marlins, Kim Ng. What do we think about it? Well, it's wonderful. To, to put it plainly, like, it's, she, it's, we were just talking about this, that she was hired because she's qualified for the position, not because she's the first uh, woman to be put in such a position. It's not like the Marlins were trying to fill a quota or anything. She's been in baseball for almost 30 years at this point. She was an assistant under Brian Cashman uh, when Cashman took over as the GM for the Yankees in 1998 and stayed with the Yankees until 2001. She was then with the Dodgers from 2002 to 2011 and has since been working in the commissioner's office. We could talk about Rob Manfred all we want and how much we hate him, but that's besides the point. The bottom line is Aang deserves it and she's going to do great things. I think baseball is a sport that really emphasizes perseverance. It's the first sport to break the color barrier. It's the, uh, it's the, it was the most popular sport when the, we had the biggest influx of immigrants into the United States uh, in the early 20th century. So I think baseball just represents that sort of trailblazing sort of attitude. And I think that this is so apropos for the sport. And I'm so happy for Aang. And I think that the Marlins are putting themselves in a position to make some noise in the coming years. Yeah. It's about time the Marlins got some good press. And I agree. did the right thing. Uh, pl- Publicly, but um, it is. It did take a while for the first female GM in sports history, and uh, you know, obviously, baseball has been ahead with other sports in terms of like breaking certain glass ceilings. But Kim Ng has been around for a while. Uh, like Matt said, she's worked over twenty years, thirty years in baseball. Uh, has worked in the commissioner's office. Has worked with Brian Cashman with the Yankees. She's also spent time working with the Dodgers and the White Sox. She has three World Series rings to her name, so she's very, you know, she's almost too qualified to, to, to just be a GM, and she's been a finalist for, like, other GM vacancies in the past, uh, like, you know, I know the Mets were interested in hiring her, uh, I think, you know, when Andrew Freeman was hired with the Dodgers, I think Kim Ng uh, was brought as a possibility in Oakland, Kim Ng, so she's always a popular name around the sport, but Marlins finally went ahead and gave her the nod to lead their baseball operations, and... It's definitely um, a cool day if you're a woman that's that likes baseball. You know, I, it's not a typical job. It hasn't been a typical path for a female to be in this high of a leadership position in sports. So definitely a good day if you obviously are interested in the sport and like the business business side of the game. So congrats to Kim Ng and congrats not, to the Marlins. She's also the first um, Asian American general manager in baseball history. I think there are other Asian American uh, leaders in other sports. I think the GM of the Raptors is from India. Or is oh, from Indian Masayuhiri is yeah. the GOAT, for the record. But yeah. yes, so, he's ruined the, the Knicks time and time again. <laughs> but, again, the point is, Aang is breaking barriers when that's not the qualifications that she's meeting. She's, yeah, she's, she's she's incredible. The she's Marlins. an incredible mind, and the Marlins are going to get a great. Uh, Jeter made a good decision here. This is good. I think it's also important to note that 
Uh, Derek Jeter himself is biracial, and his he was born just seven years after biracial marriages were legalized in the United States. So this is also it. It's I don't think Jeter is like the first owner of a major league baseball team to be a minority, but he's it, definitely not the first, and he won't be the last. But he is on a short list. Well, well, that I mean, definitely there's not many. If there are. Baseball yeah. is, you know, owned by a very tight circle of white men. So to be one, you know, in this position of power, uh, well, Jeter, obviously, of course, you know, he, I'm in other ways can sympathize more with um, diverse candidates like him, and, you know, more so than like you know other teams. So definitely is a good connection that Jeter, being you know with his background and ethnicity, you know, making this hire, and I just think it's a good move because Kimeng is, I mean. Baseball really works with kind of copycatting other teams' strategies and philosophies, and you know she has been with the Yankees and the you know the Dodgers, two very I mean probably the two blueprint the blueprints for how to run a baseball team in the last decade or so, and also working in the commissioner's office, but you know very familiar with um, this Just the inner workings of baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so great, a great hire. Speaking of the Marlins, their manager just won Manager of the Year. It's one of the lesser important, Hilarious. <laughs> one of the one of the least important awards that just got named, but we could talk about it. So, yeah, let's the do it. the four major awards were announced this past week: uh, Manager of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Cy Young MVP, uh, and as I said, Don Mattingly, the manager of the Marlins, did win Manager of the Year in the NL, and the AL was uh, Kevin Cash. And no one really cares about Manager of the Year, but besides that, there weren't really a whole lot of surprises. Well, I do want to kind of quickly talk about the manager of the year and how I think it's kind of a uh, antiquated award, especially since, you know, front offices and it's more, that's really running the show with like day-to-day lineup cards and pitching changes and whatnot. So I just feel like the manager of the year is not super, you know, accurate. It's not, not accurate. It's like um, useful in today's baseball landscape, but I think Manly does deserve it after I was trashing the manager of the year award. The Marlins had like had their almost season ruined because of like all these COVID cases that kind of like they had to like basically like reshape their roster on the fly, you know. So for the Marlins to like take that and to still play scrappy baseball and get a one of the eight wild one of the eight playoff spots in the National League just shows you know how Mattingly could adjust on the fly and you know just kind of completely adjust to a different baseball team. Like, his whole team changed around, I'm like, in, a, in, in an instant. So, to do that and to win, uh, very cool for Manly. So, I do, like, if he was, if we were going to give out awards for managers, I'll give it to Manly. Yeah, no, quickly. Well, I, it's good, because he won that. Yeah, he year. won it. No, literally. <laughs> no, but I, I agree that it's antiquated, but it is still very indicative, and, and I find that Mattingly did a ridiculously good job. I mean, people forget that for the first third of the season – it's not like the Marlins lost a couple players. They lost their captain and, like, their entire starting rotation and, like, half their infield. And they literally played 500 baseball in what was supposed to be a tough division. I mean, not so much, but still not easy. Like, and they had to play, like, the AL East, which is hard. So, like, the Marlins playing 500 baseball with half their roster, which wasn't a good roster to begin with. Oh, please. He deserves it. And if you think managers don't matter... And, whatever management in general, whether it's Kevin Cash or higher up in the Tampa Bay Rays, like he managed extremely well the whole regular season. And then we talked about the playoffs. So we like, we said how that was a terrible managerial move, but like that is the 
nature of the manager position where like you get rewarded for the best things you do and they're the first person to get crapped on when they make mistakes. Yeah. So good for him for winning the award. He deserved it. It's a good thing it's a regular season award. Again, I don't know why we're spending so much time in the industry. I just find it interesting. I think I see. I think you guys don't put enough respect on it. But like, no, I, I, I think put some respect on their name. No, you should. We should. The the award should be like managerial team of the year because it's not just one guy who's controlling the. Okay, it should be day. lumped in with this. Everyone There's should um, get executive executive of the year. It's like for, like sort of like baseball op. I don't yeah, know. I, I mean, there is an executive of the year. No, I think I no, but like they should all be like lopped together yeah. in some sense. I think That's it fun. would make more sense, especially in this day and age, if it was all just. Uh, it's a collaborative effort. It's like not one guy saying like I'm. This is how I'm running the team. I could get behind that, boys. I think we're on the same page with that. But the other awards were rookie of the year was Kyle Lewis of the Manders in the AL. Unanimous. Unanimous. Devin, Devin Williams for and the Brewers. Devin Williams in the NL, reliever for the Brewers. Sion was. Shane Bieber of the Indians and Trevor Bauer of the Reds, or maybe not soon. But and then the AL MVP was Jose Abreu of the White Sox. NL MVP Freddie Freeman of the Braves. Again, I don't think there were that many surprises. I didn't do predictions this year. Like we did, like we literally did predictions. No, but we did like way too early predictions. It wasn't way too early. The The voting, no, because the voting, like you literally had Davey Garcia in your top three for rookie. That was a poor choice because he played two terrible starts. No, we well because voting ends, so voting doesn't account for the playoffs at all. Yeah, no, we we voted. So writers, yeah, writers cast their vote right right as the season ends. So we were like a week, you know, as the season was wrapping up, we decided to do our predictions and. I feel like we didn't do such a, a poor job. Um, I went with LeMahieu for AL MVP, and he finished third. Uh, I had Abreu. Nice. I had Freeman finishing in with the MVP award, which is good. Uh, Bieber, obviously everyone picked that. I had Bieber, yeah. Um, DeGrom, mm-hmm. I had you know, Bauer, I think, as a runner-up, but I obviously didn't really work out. DeGrom finished in third. But Low key, was Shane Bieber unanimous? I think so. Shane Bieber wasn't. Yes, he was. I was going to say, won, who else got a vote if he won? Yeah, I mean, he won the pitching triple crown. He no, he was. Oh wait, before I, will, I'll wait in a second. But a funny, like you know, newsworthy thing that happened with the MVP voting in the National League was that Ryan Tepera Tepera got a oh, got I saw a this. he accidentally got an MVP vote because some of them misclicked on the on the writers misclicked Someone was trying to vote for Trey Turner, and they voted for. Ryan is reliever on the Cubs. That's hilarious. Also, why would Trey Turner get an MVP yeah, vote? Yeah, I don't know. That's so ridiculous. Well, I why did Ryan Pepper get an MVP vote? Because <laughs> he tried his best, bro. He's literally he's yeah. out here trying. I think he's also like a free agent this year. Like, he probably so, finished, let's get after him. Probably finished ahead of like, I don't know, like, who's just like Bryce Harper. He probably finished ahead of Bryce Harper this year. He probably did. Because of that MVP vote he got. Harper had a good year. Yeah, he, he is know, not. Insane. He is not a free agent this year, but I think he's a free agent sooner rather than later, which is very which is scary. also funny because you know in arbitration, like they actually use stuff like awards, like in yeah for value. Yeah, like, yeah, like uh, if you like want, if you like if a top five MVP finish, like a top ten, like they use that to like. That's how Donaldson ends the, up making a, a record-breaking. Yeah. That's how they, like that's how they delegate your salary. So Ryan Tepper, if you're a free agent, if you're listening. Uh, yo, you, that's that's uh, something yeah. to bargain for in your arbitration hearing. That's so funny. I did not. I didn't see that. That's really funny. I also let's talk about the MVPs for a sec. If um, we must. I think we should. <laughs> yeah, um, I agree. <laughs> because both of these guys have been good for a really long time. I think Freeman specifically was a little bit not declining, but he just he didn't have the star power in his middle years of the last decade that he did at, at the beginning. 
But towards the end of the decade, he became a real MVP candidate, and then finally he won it. Sure, it's a 60-game season, but he was going to win it eventually. I mean, this guy is a left... Uh, you could argue he's a lefty version of Chipper Jones. He's the newest star in Atlanta. All right, he's, been a, a, he's been a star for like 10 yeah, years. Yeah, I'm no, not going to hear that argument with the Chipper, but I, I, I could get behind he's that. He's also a Mets killer, so he's, he's our generation's Chipper Jones. I he, agree. That's fair. He's and, just and join the Chipper. club of Mets killers. No, but I... I agree. Uh, Freeman has been obviously a top five first baseman for so many years. I think he got held back by the fact that, well, Goldschmidt also never won it, but he also put same position, same era. Anthony Rizzo was also Rizzo also. Votto. Joey Votto, too. Absolutely. Pete so, I mean, these guys, Pete Alonso's in <laughs> there. Um, yeah, you know, they, he got overshadowed at times. Good for him for winning it this year. Uh, I mean, you two love him more than I do. You I almost put five. I almost put him on my top ten players of the decade. Actually, yeah, I'm sure you. Well, did. let's talk about how Freddie Freeman how his 2020 started with um, a July diagnosis of uh, COVID-19. Yeah, he was and really sick. around yeah. July 4th, he was in his bed praying to you know to God that you don't please don't take me, and he managed to beat beat the virus. Or he, God just doesn't exist. We'll see what happens. Well, okay. He's a, he's a pretty God-fearing man, so... Uh, he know. beat the virus and was able to, you know, just get back in time for opening day against the Mets. And Freddie Freeman had a slow start to the year, but... Because the Mets won on opening day, obviously. I agree. Quota. <laughs> I mean, it's true. The Mets have the best opening day record of all time. But uh, Freddie Freeman had a slow start, but he killed it in, like, August and September. And, by, and really, with the last few weeks of the season, he really pulled away, in my eyes, for the MVP... It was like Tatis early on, you know, you talk about Machado, Betts, they were in there, they had great years, but Freeman really set himself apart from the pack, and he won the batting title in the National League and hit like 341, 13 dingers. Uh, just, I think Juan Soto did not get enough respect in the MVP voting, because we talked about Freeman having a slow start, but so obviously Soto and another guy had COVID-19 and actually missed time to start the year, but Soto was ridiculous when he played, and really, I don't know, I... Don't even think he finished in the top five. I think it's all about the proportions where he missed like a handful of games in like 162 in a 162 yeah. game span, but in a 60 game span, the lost games look a little bit more daunting. I think it's the Lemayhu effect. I, I listen. I, I didn't have him winning. I had him coming in second. He actually slipped to third, which I predicted on the night of the ceremony, and I hated it because I think it's awful. But the reason why he slipped, he he missed a sixth of the season. Lemayhu played 51 games. I think Soto also played 52 or 51 or 49, something around there. And if you put that to 162 you games, missed 30 games, exactly. That's a that. I mean, you can win with playing 130. I think Trout came off the. I think he came in second one year when he played like 130. But when like it's was, tough. When he was injured a couple of years ago, he came in fourth. I remember that. Yeah, or maybe that, it was two years ago. Yeah, I think it was. I think he came. Oh, no, no, I think he, he was won, top he, five. He easy. won last year, so the year before, yes. I think he came in fourth. When yeah, when you miss games like. It's tough to come back from, especially this year. I think that was weighed pretty heavily because you're right, Soto was ridiculous. And I think that gave Mookie the upper hand because Mookie played every game. Yeah, Mookie was also ridiculous. He also too. did ridiculous, yeah. He was ridiculous. One more point on Wait, you want to say something? No, I was going to transition to Jose Breu. I, I do want to make one point about the uh, first baseman because I feel like first basemen have been uh, not declining, but there, there hasn't been as many like star first basemen in the league for like you know the last 10 or so years. Kind of been on the downswing. It's really been like shortstops and outfielders that have been like winning winning MVPs. Yeah, I could. So MVP first basemen are back, baby. Two MVP <laughs> awards for first baseman this year. Yeah, the other one going oh, to Jose Abreu. Oh, I forgot about it. Yeah, another guy. Another guy who he has been so quiet in terms of 
the news that surrounds him because he's on the White Sox, who have been terrible for God knows how long. He also doesn't market himself partly because he doesn't speak the language, partly because he's on the White Sox. He'll never. He's not even the biggest star on his own team. Uh, it's, I mean, it's just one MVP. But. Oh, absolutely. And yet we didn't talk about him, but we talked about his teammate that got a no-hitter. I mean, like... You think Giolito is the star of the White Sox? Robert, there's a couple guys. Robert's I'm, I'm a saying, rookie. I would, Robert no, came in second listen, rookie of the I'm year. arguing that Jose should have gotten this much credit. He's literally had like five straight years of like 100 RBIs and 30 homers. This yeah, guy's amazing. He was the fourth. He was, I think he was like the fourth guy. All uh, like the fourth, fourth guy in history. Or no, no, no. The fourth guy in baseball history to start his career with 25 homers and 100 RBIs in his first four seasons. Yeah, he's incredible. Yeah. He deserves, he deserves this He fight. just debuted when he was like 27, so who knows how long he'll play, and we'll see what his Hall of Fame chances are. That being said, if he plays 13 years, that's the same amount of years that Joe DiMaggio played, who was a Hall of Famer. I so, think he, I think Abreu also has suffered with um, the DH effect and how to win an MVP for like a first base slash DH type, you really have to go above and beyond with your offensive production. Yeah. Let me look at Nelson Cruz, for example. That's also my quote on Nelson Cruz. Yeah, disgusting. Um, of course. Nelson Cruz sure. had a ridiculous offensive year, and he couldn't even even finish in the top three in MVP. Like, that just goes to so show that, like, Abreu, you know, he had an incredible offensive season, you know, his best year ever at, like, age 33. Also a really good defender, too. Really good defender. No one talks about it. Yeah. Is he really? Yeah, he is top five defense this year. And this he's year? The, okay. As first baseman, He's man, the third Cuban to win MVP. Oh, because Carasione got a lot of DH time. Okay, so Abreu kind of like was a DH and then maybe came more back into the field this year with Carasione coming aboard, but... Yeah, that's yeah. so maybe that maybe that, maybe that helped him with like, in terms of like war, but yeah, yeah it's really he, hard for... I think for, he led the league, and I think he led the AL aside from Bieber in war, but I have to check that. It's really, it might have been LeMahieu. It might have been LeMahieu by a couple points. It's really tough to win an MVP as a DH, and Abreu, I guess, shifting back into more, like, first baseman, also having a ridiculous offensive stats. I mean, if you're going, like, the counting stats, like, home runs, RBIs, I mean, Abreu, by a long shot. That's the most hits, because he played the most yeah. games. Yeah, like and one, most RBIs. Yeah, he averaged one per game. Yeah, he was ridiculous. So, yeah, nothing too surprising with the MVPs. Uh, we, we can move over to Cy Young's. Uh, Shane Bieber, unanimous. I mean, like, he had a ridiculous start to the season, and, and he never slowed down. Also, not too many guys are on his tail. I um, mean, Garrett Cole had a solid first year with the Yankees. Uh, Ryu and um, Kitamaeda were traded to... Um, well, what, May- From R- the Dodgers. Ryu, yeah. was, Ryu signed with the Blue Jays, and then Maeda got traded to the Twins, and they both had really impressive first years with their teams. And but, the Dodgers still won the World Series. Yeah, they really... Yeah, I, yeah well, the yeah, Dodgers, could, the Dodgers could do that and yeah. trade two Cy Young contenders and, you know... Still win a World Series. And get, like, nothing back for them, but, like, it's fun. Like, um, yeah, it's bizarre. So Imagine well, if they traded Jack Peterson. Anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, no surprise in the American League. Uh, National League also not much of a surprise. Uh, Trevor Bauer really had a strong start to the year. Um, DeGrom also, like, was kept, it was kind of like DeGrom, Bauer, and Darvish, kind of like a three-headed race for most of the year. There also was, like, Burns was up there. For yeah, the there, were, there, were, there, were, there were guys like Nelson Lamette. Corbin it was a really tight race in the, in the, in the National League. I think um, Met came in third or fourth, actually. Met like, had, I think he had a it was It league. was um, Bauer, Darvish, DeGrom. Yeah, that was top three. And then Met definitely was fourth for a lot of votes, I'm pretty sure. Met was great. Well, you don't do fourth place votes, it's just... No, I, no but it's top three. Uh, no, no, but I'm saying in total, I yes, think he had the fourth I, most no, I hear points. What you're, saying. you're wrong, but... No, oh, yeah, I mean, it was pretty close there for a while. Even you could say, like, one week Darvish had the lead, you know, another week Dar- uh, DeGrom had the lead, but 
Degrom Bauer had to leave the whole time, and Brendan loves Jacob Degrom. Yeah, anyway. Bauer. No, Bauer's gets, kind of I, I think the well, I think Degrom and Darvish, you know, with injuries or whatever, it's like teetering off at the end. Bauer, you know, finished strong and he secured it by a pretty wide margin. He wasn't unanimous, but I think he got like about like twenty-seven votes. Darvish got about like two or three votes. So a pretty commanding victory for Trevor Bauer as he enters free agency. And then the rookies of the year were. I mean, like, the, the NL one was a little bit more debatable, but I, Kyle Lewis was unanimous for a reason, and it, there's no really debate the about that. The 100% should have won it. It was great, and, I mean, Robert on um, the White Sox was also solid, but it was no, they were no... I mean, like, you could argue that Kyle Lewis could have made the All-Star game in if there was yeah, an All-Star easily. game this year. Um, and then in the National League, I mean, you want to talk about All-Star games, <laughs> Devin Williams was absolutely insane. And I think... This this is never like a criteria for a lot of like you never hear about this from a lot of people. But Devin Williams was a rookie and won the Trevor Hoffman Reliever of the Year award in the National League. So yeah. that in Whenever and of you're itself, you're the best at your position as a rookie. You should really win Rookie of the Year. Exactly. Yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, we're congratulations to everyone who won awards. I think I should have been nominated for Best Baseball Podcaster, but it's fine. Um, Hilarious. No laughs, thank you. Uh, let's move on to our preview of the American League East. Uh, we are in the offseason right now. Free agency is here. The winter meetings are next month. Um, a lot of stuff is going to be happening. We'll be recapping everything that has been going on uh, by division. So this week is the AL East. Next week is the AL Central, AL West. Or Ooh. maybe we'll do with the NL East. And You know what? You'll, we'll tell you as we go. <laughs> Never mind. But we're going to be doing it by division for the next six weeks, um, keeping you guys updated on free agency stuff as well as just general offseason moves and trade rumors. And it's going to be a grand old time. So let's start with the champion of the AL East, the champion of the American League, the Tampa Bay Rays. South the <laughs> well, they're the what, what happened with the Rays? So they won the well, they won the American League pennant, not the World Series. But uh, they declined they declined options on Mike Zanino, their starting catcher, and declined option on Charlie Morton. So they have needs at catcher heading into the offseason. Um, they could use a starting pitcher, but again, the Rays, you know, always do well replacing their you know with their guys in house. Um, they don't have too much else to do because most of their core is locked in and is you know either arbitration eligible or just like renewable uh, re- renewable for the next year or so so they have you know Rosarena, Lau, Meadows they're locked in they're this is a team that obviously does not generate too much revenue and with COVID we're gonna be saying that a lot the teams are gonna be cutting costs or reducing payroll or at least keeping it at the status quo because of COVID uh, I'm not sure how much of the you know how much revenue the Rays generated through like playoff games and like ratings or like the world series gate at globe life but um i don't foresee the rays doing too much free agency uh charlie morton is kind of their big you know will he will really not resign i tend to think that charlie morton will field enough interest from other teams and charlie morton will go elsewhere even though he stated that he wants to retire as a ray or like finish you know finish his career in tampa but I don't see it happening. I think Morton's going to get too much interest elsewhere, and the, and the Rays are not going to want to match the offer. I see the Rays really going for, you know, some... They could even, like, re-sign Zanino, because if they lose more, they could just re-sign Zanino. It kind of worked out well for them, but there's also a, a lot of, like, kind of mid-tier catchers available in the market. 
you get like an Alex Avila type or a Jason Castro. Do I or, hear Gary Sanchez? Do I hear Yadier Molina? But uh, he's just okay. No, well, yeah, Yadier's not, not gonna be expensive. Guy. He might. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, he's not gonna be expensive, and the Rays could easily outbid the Cardinals if the Cardinals just don't want to sign him. But yeah, I don't think that's a crazy thing to say. I don't think I don't think it is either. Yadier to the Yankees, but anyway, um, the Rays have two big. Um, problems entering the offseason. I think something that we don't talk about a lot is that the Rays had a pretty terrible batting average last year. Um, you had guys like Brandon Lau, who batted 269 and obviously had 14 homers and 37 RBIs, slugged by 54 and had an OPS of 916. Joey Wendell had a 286 batting average and also had four homers and eight steals. So there are guys on this team that can get on base consistently. But the Rays ranked really low in terms of their batting average, surprisingly, especially compared to their great pitching staff. Um, and you look at guys like Hunter Renfro, who batted 156, and Yoshi Tsutsugo batted 197. Uh, like Austin Meadows, who was great a couple years ago, batted 205. Kiermaier, again, $15 million glove, batted 217. Like, sure, their OBPs are all right, but... Batting average is a very key stat, and you know that batting average is the source of a team's hitting ability. Because when their batting average goes up, everything else goes up. It's just how the math works. So I think that's a big hole, and I think that they should be able to fill that, um, especially because their catchers were really, really bad. Um, like, Michael Perez batted 167, and Mike Zanino batted 147. So yeah, I think improving framing. I think improving on that, on those numbers specifically, is gonna Yeah, but framing. <laughs> yeah, so you know like in catch Yeah also there, leave, like, it to, leave it to Binghamton to have a fire truck go by every podcast. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Not even worth editing out at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um and then I think another big deal is correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Aaron Loop is a free agent. He is. Yeah. So the Rays one of I mean, you have to really be good at everything in order to win the World Series. Case in point, the Dodgers uh, beating the Rays, who had a bad batting average. But the Rays had a pretty solid bullpen this year. Um, but they were pretty a Pretty solid. They had the, yeah, uh, the, only the best. They yeah. had the delivery man of the year in Nick Anderson. Yeah, I agree. So my point being that if you lose a good reliever whose ERA was 252 with 24 games appeared in, who also finished six games, so this is a guy that finishes games too... It, it's hard to replace if if you're a team that not I mean I don't want to say relies on a good bullpen but so they absolutely they rely on a good bullpen. bullpen. Their starters go less than four innings. The Rays are yeah, but the Rays are the Rays are great in general. So they rely on everything. It's just their batting average happens to be bad. But like if you lose a good bullpen piece, like that could topple the whole damn system. Yeah, like, I, one call, I will disagree. I I think. Wild Cox um, could screw up everything. So I think I think the Rays really got like bad years from Austin Meadows and Hunter Renfro, and I think those two guys are gonna in a in a one sixty two game season they will have they will regress back to their norms and raise that team. See, but you said regress, which means they go down. No, that's actually not what regress means. You regress to the mean if you ever took a math class. Yes, I. You're actually which could be up, which which could be up or down. I completely agree, Brendan, and this is what I'll say to Matt about Aaron Loop being integral to their ah, bullpen. To regress, to return to a former or less developed state. I agree. Yeah, I'm going to continue. <laughs> if you if you genuinely believe that Aaron Loop is the 
the guy in this I'm not bullpen. saying, no, but you're missing the point. I'm not saying he's the guy. I'm no. saying he's a good guy. And I agree. And if a good guy, your whole system can and fall I'm apart. And I'm saying they it have could enough. and will not fall apart because a year ago, not a single person was like, yep, Aaron Loop, if he leaves, it might all fall apart. No, Again, they will replace him. They will replace him. They replace everybody. That's and what to I'm be saying. Honest, they, but that's what I'm saying, though. They should replace him. And they, they won't need to spend to replace him because they have guys in-house. I'm not saying they have to house. spend. I'm not saying they have to spend. Please listen to me, baby. All I'm saying... All I'm <laughs> You're saying, missing the point with the raise, dude. All I'm saying is that... The next man up. Yeah. So, we have to see who that next man up is before I don't know. Peter Fairbanks kind of came out of nowhere as a kind of... Yeah, the guy throws 100 miles an hour and looks like Theon Greyjoy. He's John Curtis with two S's as, as on his yes, last name. Yes, I agree. These are, these are dogs. <laughs> John yeah, Curtis I, spell with two S's. Yeah, it is. Okay. It's, I, I don't know, it's kind, of, it's kind of it's interesting. deceptive. It's intimidating. <laughs> no, honestly, the Rays' bullpen will be perfectly fine with or without Loop. They will not re-sign him in all likelihood because he'll probably make $8 million on another team. Like, I don't think it's a huge deal. I think the batting average is a much bigger deal. I completely agree. Meadows will get back to it. I think you got to assume that in more games, like, Yatsugo barely played. So, like, the, like oh. these guys... They didn't sign them for, like, the, I always say. He didn't barely like, play. He played in 51 games. Yeah, for how many at-bats? He was not a starter. He did that classic. 57 at-bats. Yeah, I need more than that to tell me that he's bad. I need more. Yeah, but like, Give me more. Okay, but, like, Brandon Lau had 193. I don't know. Brandon it's, Lau's the GOAT. You're missing the point. I no, I, Brandon Lau is going to be an MVP candidate next year. The Rays will be fine. I think the batting average will regress to the mean, which is a little bit higher than what it was. I think they could stand to get a guy, though. I agree. I think they could stand to get a guy, a catcher, that has the batting average. Yeah, I think that's the easiest position to replace. That's all I'm saying. There's We're a lot of guys out page. there. There's a lot of guys out there that they are like... They should trade for Isaiah Ramos? kiner Falefa. They should trade for Devin Williams. <laughs> oh, I was actually going to propose um, an interesting topic here, and that's Blake Snell is three years away from being a free agent. They so pres- they should trade him now. <laughs> they resign, well, <laughs> oh, they, of course. Well, they extended him like a few years ago. Uh, in 29, actually, pretty recently, 2019, to a five-year, $50 million deal. So he's making a very reasonable $11 million next year, then eventually uh, progressing to $60 million in 2023. But I don't know. Snell was visibly upset about some of the Rays' um, pitching changes during the playoffs. Uh, and... I don't know. Like, it, it I, I feel like, like uh, David Price in this in this sort of, in this sort of market with you know not a ton of free agents available from the starting pitching front. You know, Bauer, of course, but besides that, Stroman's off the market now. It's Bauer, and then who else is really available? You know, maybe Paxton <coughs> or Tanaka. But like, if you can like dangle, if you can dangle a um, a Blake Snell that's making like nothing for the next three years, that's cost controllable. The Rays could fetch back like a few. Big backs to feel in the middle of the order. Imagine if they, like, I mean, this is just off the top of my head, but, like, imagine if they trade for, like, the White Sox and they get, like, one of their young stars. Imagine I, I'm, I'm saying it's possible. Imagine if they get Glass now I, and Austin Meadows back like they did two years ago. They can literally, I completely agree, This he is better than Chris Archer. And he's better than Chris Archer ever was, it's quite just frankly. It's because it's the Rays, it's a matter of money. I agree, but th- this this guy is going to cost so much money in three years, and I agree they have, they have time. I don't think it needs to happen. No, now. yeah, I don't think it needs to happen now. I think they but, could just oh test the God. waters with the COVID market. Definitely getting who what team wants an ace for three years that costs. Nothing. I can think of one team that has an, a stupid amount of guys in there. In their farm system, who's really trying to win now and just lost to the Dodgers in the playoffs? Ah, the Yankees, the Padres. <laughs> the Padres are a slam dunk. Slam yeah, dunk. Also, the Rays and Padres trade a lot with each other. That's true. 
Guys, hey, did dude, I just Tommy Fam? Here? I think yeah, I think Tommy Fam. I think we're onto something. I'll I'll talk to Pro. Blake Snell to the Padres. <laughs> yeah, talk you to heard him. it here first, folks. That would be insanity. <laughs> if we call that right now, that would be yeah. Freezing so cold funny. takes. He's going to the Yankees, and it's going to look insane. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, if the Rays go to improve their the lineup, Dodgers, please. Yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, Manuel Marco. Yeah, no. The Padres and Rays yeah, do trade a lot. Ugh, Hunter Renfro. Yeah, they do trade a lot. Hunter Renfro's trash. Unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah, I did just say that. Well, I think that's the easiest path for the Rays to improve their lineup without, you know, getting some starting catching Yeah, I don't know that they could do that. Oh, they could do anything in the Rays, but I don't know. They could trade him for the Tigers and get Casey Mize. All right, it's not the show. The Tigers are not trading Casey Mize. Casey Mize is a $1 million price tag in the show. No one even has him. You can't trade Casey Mize. Let's move on to another team in the American League. We're up to the Yankees. Our most hated team ever. Let's go. Alright, so are they getting Lindor or are they getting Lindor? So. No, this is a weird thing. We've discussed this at length because one of us is a Met fan, the other two are Yankee fans. It gets kind of interesting. You know the Yankees are not going to get worse this offseason. There's just no way that they're going to go backwards. They could lose the Mayhew. That is distinctly possible. If they do, there's been a lot of rumors that they go after Lindor in that circumstance. They can't get both. Just positionally, it doesn't make sense unless you get rid of Glaber, which positionally doesn't make sense. So, what's the move here? Are the Yankees getting... Are we going to try to get Lindor at the cost of losing the third finalist in MVP? Do we sign LeMahieu and let the Mets get Lindor? And I have to hear that in my apartment for another five years when they resign him? And also Trevor Bauer and JT Realmuto? Oh. Can they get all three? No, I don't know. Probably. But if you're the Yankees, you're already <laughs> losing Tanaka if you don't resign him. I can't see them resigning Paxton. You're going to get Severino back. You're going to get Herman back if he stops beating his girlfriend. We hope he does. And he stops on retiring. <laughs> I agree. I agree. If he's committed to baseball. You, you, you still have Monty in Montgomery. You still have guys. Davey Garcia. You is... got, and Clark Schmidt, who's supposed to be decent some Michael, point. K- Michael King. That's, that's a fact. Ah, Michael who only does poorly in the playoffs, but okay. Johnny no. Yeah, this is the thing. We have guys to replace these pitchers. And we have guys to replace LeMahieu. Michael K. Michael Michael K. Michael K. had a zero ERA, but Michael King did have a seven point seven six ERA. So no, these are no. But we do have the young arms to do things. We have the young pieces in the infield we to move around. We also, of course, have Chap Daddy. We can't forget about him in the bullpen. I still think we're getting a guy in the bullpen. But let's stay on topic here. What do we re-sign LeMahieu? Do we think that's happening? Uh, realistically, I do think it's happening, even though I said he's going to the Cardinals in my amazing prediction, uh, episode, <laughs> but, no, I, no, um, I, I think that they are re-signing LeMahieu, and if they're not, they're, they're getting Lindor. This thing, I would so much rather them get LeMahieu than give up the pieces for Lindor, even though it's definitely going to include Andujar and he's never going to touch the field anyways, like, they should trade Clint Frazier back to the Indians. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. No, I really do think... Lindor would be an, uh, literally the best constellation prize in like, the history of baseball. Even a bad, like if you do like Andujar and Frazier and like one of like and like Esteban Florial, who's never going to see the field because the outfield is like signed forever with the Yankees. Like yeah, Lindor, Paul, we'll not really, Judge. Yeah. Well, not well. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. All right. Next <laughs> team. Oh god. That's gonna no. be that's a decision and a half. And then yeah, the. Maybe the bigger deal besides, or the not necessarily the bigger deal besides the pitching staff and uh, Lemayhew is what's going on with Gary Sanchez. <laughs> well, can, I, we, can I chime in on this whole like Lemayhew Lindor talk? Yeah, we're dining here. Okay, <laughs> send Sanchez to the Indians for Lindor. There we go. No, because I was waiting for you guys to uh, say your 
Say your piece about Lindor and LeMahieu. Yeah, they're both going to the Mets. We get it. No, I'm not going to shoehorn the Mets to this. But it could be very interesting to see uh, a, a bidding war between the Yankees and the Mets over Lindor. That would be kind of fun. Uh, but LeMahieu, I, I could see, you know, I can see LeMahieu going anywhere else besides the Yankees. I just don't see him going anywhere else. I think it's a perfect fit. He maybe brings everything to the table the Yankees like really need in terms of like contact and consistency and durability and versatility. I think the Yankees would be really dumb to let him go, and I think I don't think he wants to go. And I think the Yankees will get him wherever he wants, and I think he'll be pretty reasonable. So that's why I don't see Lindor going to the Yankees because you have Lemayhu, your infield is already like very crowded. Urshela yeah, is like Urshela like if you needed any more like doubt that Urshela is your everyday third baseman like this he he proved it this this year that he's your guy at third. Torres is not playing second if you get LeMahieu. LeMahieu will probably play second most of the time. And Voight, obviously, is not going anywhere. So you have a very crowded infield if you get LeMahieu. And I don't see room for Lindor unless you want to give up in Torres, which I think is pretty... There's no way. No, no, no. It's either we get one or the other. It's well, the, uh, the, the well, only appeal with getting Lindor... Well, not the only appeal. Lindor's an MVP candidate. But the appeal with... Actually, he won an MVP, didn't he? No, no Lindor's not. So yeah, the appeal with Lindor is that you you get an, you get the top shortstop in baseball realistically, or the second best, however you want to put it. He's the best defender there, and then you move Glaber to second, where he fight, fared much better defensively. However, that's at the cost of whatever prospects you give up, or prospects really all star talent you give up, and losing the third place MVP. I agree with you, Brendan. I don't see the the the, the move here because. Listen, with the Yankees' health, I, I almost expect Urshela or someone to get hurt. Then you need Andujar to step up. You need Clint, who should probably that's start. A, that's a fair point. Because you was, need I, depth. I was going to say, like, Andujar probably, you know, it's crazy. He almost won Rookie of the Year, and now he's like has no spot left. You know, Dito for Gary Sanchez in 2016. Uh, Clint Frazier's pretty much penciled in to be the left fielder or... Yeah, left fielder. Left fielder. With Stan and yeah. DHing, Aaron Hitson like, Center. Brett Gardner, please? <laughs> get no, him I, off the team! I still think you should be signing my thing is with with in terms of Lindor, I think the Indi- I was saying this the other night. The Indians have very little leverage here because they have the, everyone knows they have to get rid of him. They have no money. They're not resigning him. Literally. Also, the next offseason class has historic amount of shortstops available that are elite. So if you don't if you don't love the Indians' asking price for Lindor, you could just like cobble, you know you could have Torres for another year and see if you can. Be better at shortstop, and then make a decision next offseason to go pursue like a Corey Seager or like Javi Baez. I or got nervous story. You were gonna say Correa, and I was like, no. But yeah, no, I, I, you're absolutely right. Yeah, so don't you don't have to cave in and give the Indians like a Clint Frazier, like a huge package here. But I do think that Lemayhu will, will resign. It'll render this whole conversation, you know, moot. Yeah, I, I agree. It's a cow's opinion. It's moot. It's a friend's reference, guys. But Gary Sanchez. Um, <laughs> Uh, a lot of, you know, I, there's been some reports on, like, SNY, this, you know, the sports network in here in New York is uh, about Yadier Molina possibly being, you know, talked about with both New York clubs, you know, especially the Yankees, because Gary Sanchez lost his playing time to Kyle Higashioka in the playoffs and down the stretch. Sanchez is a hard, he's a good, he's a, Sanchez is a good, um, he's a good thrower, what was it, a, He's, he's got an awesome out. arm. He's got awesome a arm. cannon, as they say. Yeah. He's got an awesome arm. He's got a great power. He's got a great power for a catcher. But With really, besides th- that, he has really terrible Don't bat speed. With great power. Because 
Terrible batting average. <laughs> he strikes out a ton. He really can't move well behind the plate in terms of like blocking balls because of a ton of pass balls. He really can't hit for average. He can't frame a baseball either, which is like not good. He's really a DH. He's really like a guy that like the Rays would like. Just he's, uh, not, he's not. He's not going to the Rays, yeah, but like very interesting. I, it's just like amazing because Gary Sanchez like was such a good like contact. You know. Bat the ball hunter when it came up. It's like, how do you, you know, make, I think he just sold out for just trying to hit the ball 500 feet every time. When you watch him play, he has no idea how to hit a curveball, and he cannot catch up to a fastball, which means you really don't hit very well at all. That's, that's frankly, that's, that's his He issue. just tries to hit the ball 500, 500 feet. He's like not a good enough say, catcher. To, I do just want to say I do have his jersey, so I would enjoy if he would do better. Gary is scary when you look at his batting average and his, I, and his baseball all reference page. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, I really would love... I would very much love a Torres jersey. However, after this season, I'm a little bit scared. But I'm still down. My I'm body down. is ready. I'm down. Get an Urshela jersey. That's what I would get. I would not get an Urshela jersey. Why? Why? Urshela I would not get an Urshela jersey. Dude, I-, I was wrong on this hill. Out of Voight and Urshela, I thought Voight was going to have amazing success, and I thought Urshela was going to regress. I they love both Urshela. had amazing success. He's- Great. Remember that play of the playoffs, Rochelle? Like, just, oh, he was... carried. He literally pulled a Yoshi at third. He's ridiculous. Yeah. Yoshi, the character, not, not Yoshi Tsutsugo, <laughs> who doesn't play the field. Yeah, no. Yo, yo, yeah. Let's talk, about, let's talk about the pitching for the Yankees because that's, 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 that's more of their bigger concern let's here. Let's talk about Waluigi. The answer, <laughs> the answer, <laughs> the answer to replace two other guys in the rotation with uh, Paxton and Tanaka becoming free agents. Oh, Hap as well declined their option on J. Hap. No, so. Hap is definitely gone. No, I'm just saying, <laughs> they have a lot of holes to fill in and a lot of questions because Severino, I mean, like, maybe he'll be ready for opening day. He's really, like, he's our version of Syndergaard minus, like, I would the say, I would say, like, May, June for Sever- Severino, realistically. He's supposed to come back, like, June, July. I don't even think he's ready for opening day. He's just, like, so... Can you just, injured. like, sign the ghost of Whitey Ford, like... <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right, though. The pitching staff is questionable. This is the thing with the Yankees pitching staff. Year in, year out, everyone freaks out that it's the problem, and yet in the playoffs, it's literally never the problem. The past two playoffs... Tanaka, did have, had, Tanaka did have a terrible... Playoff. This is the first time ever he's had a bad playoff. No, but yeah, it just so happens. That no, but ERA was. wise, the Yankees have always in the playoffs the past two years had some of the best ERAs for their starting rotation. It's not the problem. However, it is a regular season issue. Garrett Cole really does a number for it. I mean, he's incredible. I still think we're we could use. I would say one guy, and I'm more than willing to re-sign one of our two guys. Yeah. I think health wise, Tanaka makes much more sense because we all. I think Tanaka's going to resign. I also saw a report saying, you know, linking Tanaka to the Mets. I don't. I could see them being interested, but I don't, I don't think Tanaka's leaving the Yankees as well. Uh, I think Paxton's gone. I think this is my rotation right now for the Yankees as it currently stands. If they no outside acquisitions, I think Garrett, uh, obviously Garrett Cole. I think Debbie Garcia is a lock, Definitely. as well as Jordan Montgomery. So that's three guys. I think you can be pretty confident in. At least two spots open. Maybe you know. I don't know if you want to give a spot to Michael King or Clark Schmidt out of you know spring training. So I think this that's two spots the Yankees have to fill. I think Tanaka will fill, will fill one of those positions. So you know you just have like one guy that you gotta you know think Here's about for that you rotation. Got, it's like Herman had a three six ERA when he played last year. I mean he was great. So Herman is a guy. Severino. It's really Herman Severino Loizaga Clark Schmidt for like two spots. Well, Loizaga is like an opener now. He's not even a starter. Well, really. he was a starter. He had pretty good success two years ago doing it. Yeah, but now Aaron Boone is like no you. So. Well, he still loves Loizaga for some reason. Well, I don't know. They why. have a lot of chips. They could definitely put together a package for a starting pitcher. It doesn't have to be like a Blake Snell or a, I don't know, a top end guy. It could be like a middle of the rotation like 
number two, number three guy. Yeah, they could trade for Blake Snell. The thing is, the number no, 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 they could. I'm, I don't, I don't, no, they couldn't. They'd definitely trade for Blake Snell. I just don't think the Rays are going to yeah, trade to the Yankees. I don't think the Yankees are going to trade to the Rays. So no, I no, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, they could a, trade for Blake Snell. It's a rule in any of my franchises in the show. You don't do trades within the division. I don't. I don't see the Yankees making another deal. I. I here's the thing. We tried it for Sonny Gray. We ruined him. He's better off without us. We did it for Paxton. Paxton was great on the Yankees, and then just got hurt. I don't. I, I don't know that it happens a third time. I, I don't. I don't even know if it's necessary. I think if they resign Tanaka, they still have. They. They're good. They're fine. I think they could get better. I think they could get better, but I think they're still. That's not. I think really the catcher thing is weird. Look, when 2017 happened, I said the Yankees would win the World Series within five years. Next year is the fifth year. Next team. I want to. I want to move on to the Red Sox in a sec, but I do want to say that you know. With catcher and starting pitching being the two biggest areas of concern, maybe for the Yankees, you know, Real Muto and Bauer are the top two free agents. I don't really see them, either of them, ending up with the Yankees, but I can't say the Yankees are ruled out. And, you know, they can't be ruled out on any position player or pitcher. So I think there, there's some interest there from them, but I don't see them getting it done. But I just wanted to ask what you guys think about those two players with the Yankees fitting. Uh, I, I don't think they're signing Real Muto and Bowers maybe, but I don't think he's signing there either. Just... I think Bauer could definitely sign. I don't think they need to get Bauer, but I think it's possible. I think it felt like such a lock with Cole last year that we were all like, obviously, and the same rumor mill hasn't really been churning that much with Bauer. Because we don't need a Bauer. That's this what I'm the saying. Thing. Bauer, I, you guys can put me on freezing cold takes next year. I really don't think Bauer's a top 10 pitcher in the MLB. I don't think he will be next year. It is. I will say it's, like, a, weak, it's a weak free agent class for pitchers. I, I think we are putting a lot in Bauer's spin rate right now, and we forget that two years ago he had a million strikeouts and a really high ERA, and he like alternates. Like He's a good pitcher. He's a really nice two. So by that logic, yes, Brendan, he fits very well in the Yankees. So we'll see. I don't know. He's been good for years. We'll see where he signs. Before we get to the Blue Jays, Brendan, we're going to— Well, he said Red I mean, Sox. Well, exactly. Before we get to the Red Sox, Brendan— uh, we got to tackle the next two teams in the division in order of the standings. So next, let's talk about our good friends from up north, the Toronto Jubilees. So uh, the Blue Jays had a pretty interesting season uh, this past year. They were the eighth seed in the American League, um, and they got absolutely shellacked by the Rays in the first round of the playoffs. As they should. Um they have a lot of great pieces, and Hyunjin Ryu just didn't come in second or third in the Scion. Where did he come? I think he came in fourth. I think Cole came in second. He did not. Okay, Brendan? <laughs> no, I literally... Oh, Ryu he... finished... I think Ryu finished second. Oh, no, Ryu... Mayeda finished second, then Ryu third. Okay. okay, so Cole came in fourth. Okay. okay. Yeah, Cole was not top three. Yeah. I thought it was... Oh, you're right. My bad. Yes. Like, they have a lot of great pieces, uh, the Blue Jays, and their payroll is pretty cheap right now, so they could make some moves. The only problem is they're kind of... Uh, uh, a small market team. I, I, I will disagree with that, but keep going. Nah, it's just they don't just make a lot of money. It's a small That's market. not true. All right, please <laughs> enlighten you. Yeah. Why did you just hit puberty a second time and that and that little voice <laughs> crack? Actually, <laughs> continue. All right, Brendan. Why the Blue Jays? Toronto is a big market for baseball. They draw like a ton of fans. They have their regional sports network in Toronto. Like I, they definitely want to spend, and I think they're they are going to spend. Yeah, well, there's, and a reason, definitely have been, there's a reason why you never hear the Blue Jays signing a lot of big guys in free agency. It's because that they don't make a lot of money from TSN, and they don't make a lot of money, at least as much as like some of the big market teams, from like the rest of the hey, league. I'm not like, saying... It's a fallacy to say, oh, they have an entire country, but like Canada's a big country. So I, must, I didn't say that. I'm saying that I'm they, saying they draw a ton of fans, and 
They're not going to be. The, I'm not saying they're going to be the Yankees or the Phillies or the Red Sox, but could they? They could be in that the, the Nationals, Cardinals. You know, like mid market to upper market range. I think like they a, are in that range. I think that's. I think we we forget so. They're not often, the Rays or the or the Brewers. Yeah, I agree. I think we forget so often that there is a middle tier of spenders in this world where, like, the Cardinals also historically don't give out big contracts. Yeah. But and yet they gave out a big contract to Goldschmidt. Mm-hmm. It happens. It happens. I mean, there's a reason they didn't get Pujols, but they almost they tried to. They literally, yeah. The Cardinals, the, the yeah. Cardinals, like went after Stanton, David Price. Like the Cardinals were aggressive. They couldn't yeah, get they the guys. They had the six lowest revenue two years ago. So yeah, revenue revenue. I, I they could spend money. What I don't do you think mean they revenue will. revenue? That's what small market means. Okay, where's the gobble goo? I don't <laughs> think they're. I don't think they're going to spend a ton of money. But I do think I do agree with Brendan that they have all the reason to because their core is signed for like eons. Well, it's not that their core is science, that their core is young, so their core is Signed. renewable. No, their core is renewable. Whatever you want to call it, they're not making money. Yeah, they're going to hit arbitration and free agency in the same years. So That's a that's a future raise problem. Current raise are an eight seed in a blue really... Jays. Sorry, I completely I completely agree. The Rays will not sign anybody forever. Yeah, right? I agree. Neither will the Blue Jays, though. No, that's, I don't know. They, they've, been, <laughs> they've been very publicly been linked to like top guys and definitely are being very aggressive in their pursuit of guys and it's they we signed Robbie Ray like to a one year eight million dollar deal right off the bat of free agency and yeah big one no, there's been no but they dollars. reportedly were like very close to another trade or free and signing like very recently in, until it fell through so they've been trying to do things and trying to get ahead of the market so they've linked to LeMahieu, George Springer I don't think they've been linked to Bauer, but they've been linked to like offensive guys that they can put around I mean, Bichette and Guerrero. They also are like really good at trading, like just really good. They yeah. they kind of had Donaldson for like four years there, like that was kind of good. Like we yeah. forget that they I mean, have the ability to do these types. They're of also looking to make the bet in the next step, and they have you know they have twenty million. System. You know if they want to even like match last year's payroll, they can. Yeah, they have twenty million to spend at least. And that's like you know that's definitely a rotation guy. That's definitely a bat. If they want, and they're probably gonna raise payroll a little bit as well. Their payroll is high. You forget they had Bautista, Encarnacion, and Donaldson and Kulowitzki in the same lineup, and like their pay, well, their their payroll had to be like north of one hundred fifty million. All right, Dickey I don't was think on that it team. It was because Donaldson was a trade acquisition. And I'm pretty Batista sure was, they 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 had million dollars in arbitration. He broke the the, the Jays have had high won. payrolls in the past. I agree. I they were winning. They were like they won them. They, they were selling them, out yeah. the Rogers Center and they had a high payroll. I agree. Yeah, they were key, also key phrase selling out the Rogers Center. They don't do that anymore. Yeah, give it time. No one does that because there's no. You fans. have to invest in your team. And I never they said were, this year. COVID, bro. I predict the Jays will make. I predict the Jays will be aggressive and. You know, make some significant moves. All right. We're well, exactly well. We're we're not moving off in the trades, are we? No, 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 no. I was I was gonna start listing off some of the big guys. Oh yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I think that they have a lot of guys in the bullpen that they have to replace. Um, Rotation two, but you have a bullpen. I, yeah, I agree. Chase Anderson, Anthony Bass, uh, Ken Giles is a huge one. Um, did he play this year? I don't. Ken Giles, he was hurt for most of the year. Yeah. He's a really good closer, but. Yeah, oh, they, he was actually hurt for the whole year. <laughs> yeah, I'm fancy. It's rough. Yeah, um, but oh, never mind. He he appeared in four games and had an ERA almost close to ten. Uh, but in in the past, uh, like the year before in 2019, he had a 187 ERA, um, and I'm pretty sure he was up for delivery man and the Mo Rivera uh, reliever of the year in the AL. Um, but yeah, again, it's the same thing with the Rays, where the Blue Jays have. Uh, 
the, the Blue Jays have a pretty solid bullpen pieces that they have to replace, and if they don't do that as, um, as efficiently as they did in the past, then the whole thing could explode, and forget about making the eighth seed, because who knows if that's going to be a thing next year. They might not even finish above 500. Thank you. That's been my pet talk. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think they're going to go after... Well, they already resigned Robbie Ray, and they lost Tyson Walker and Matt Schumacher in free agency. So they have like one more spot in rotation to fill. I agree they need bullpen pieces, and not, there's not a ton of help out there, besides maybe like Brad Hand and Liam Hendricks. Uh, on the offensive side, I can see them making a play for Springer. Um, they're pretty fine in the infield, so I don't... I, don't, I mean, unless you want to put LeMay at third, that could be a good thing if they want to move Vlad to DH or first base permanently. Yeah, and just trade Jack, Travis Shaw or something. Yeah, so... 239 last year, so... I did predict Springer will go to the Phillies in my fancy prediction, but, like, I really have not heard much from the Phillies at all this offseason. So I, I could see the Jays kind of swooping in there and getting Springer... I'll yeah, say but where that the market for Springer would have to be low there. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I, the Rays, the, sorry, the Jays would give him a five year deal. I don't think it makes sense because the Rays. I mean, oh, my goodness, Logan. I, <laughs> no, the, yeah, the, Blue, <laughs> the Blue Jays outfield and DH position were probably the better positions on their lineup this they past year. They have the Oscar. They have. They do have the Oscar Hernandez as as well as Randall Grichuk and Lourdes Gurriel Jr., who were all great. And well, Randall Tellis is also Grichuk. great. Yeah, so, Grichuk was great last year. Yeah, so I don't know if they really have room for Springer Dingers. I don't know. It's we'll see. I could, well, I mean, I think Trevor Bauer would be great on the Blue Jays, but I just don't see them doing that big of a deal. Like, I, I think they're doing... They'll Bauer's going to ask for $25 million. I think they'll spread, I'll think they'll spread it around and get a couple guys. 40, bro. Bauer's going to ask for 40 over one year. He's Bauer's, not... Bauer's he's going not, to Japan. <laughs> Bauer is not getting a one- or two-year deal. He's going to want a six-year deal. Bauer's going to Japan. He's going to the KBO. We'll see what happens. Let's go... Well, you want to move on to the Red Sox? No, no it's still it's in the, order, bro. Oh my goodness. It's still in order. We're doing the Orioles. We're you can't our, skip over Baltimore. Yeah, we're doing our favorite, uh, our favorite uh, crime show, The Wires uh, City. All right, Baltimore. That was terrible. <laughs> I agree. I had never even watched The Wire. Anyway, I watched one episode. Decent show. I, yeah, I should watch it probably. All right, so not Baltimore crime, the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, yeah, you know what? You know what's a crime? Their rotation is yeah. an absolute crime against humanity. Oh, it's a good segue. Yeah. Segways are weird. I agree. That being said, um, their batting was, like, real weird. Like, they yeah, actually... Like really good. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, like what? <laughs> uh, like everyone They've had just, a good young core. Players. Yeah, everyone just kind of exploded. Um, like, Severino, Nunez, Alberto had another great year. Uh, Mount Castle, it was... Uh, was, he, was he up for rookie of the year? Uh, he wasn't top three, games, but I, he wasn't but, top three, yeah. but he was kind of like an honorable mention for our rookie of the year prediction. Yeah, so he only batted three thirty three and no, slugged eight seventy eight. I mean, oh boy, uh, OPS of eight seventy eight, slugged four ninety two, and then like Santander and Jose Iglesias were also great. Iglesias is a free agent. Santander no, was he's, he's signed one more year. Oh, so well, they have, they have for next year. Oh, yeah. Orioles are winning the AL East. Iglesias um, is a great it's a great underrated shortstop. Yeah, he was great with the Tigers, I remember. He was really good defensively always. So Also a great contact hitter. Yeah. Yeah, I think what's what's promising for the Orioles is that the people who they have to replace aren't, like, super important, at least. Like, the, the, free, the impending free agents are Brendan Klein, Wade LeBlanc, Brian Holiday, and Cole Stewart. Oh, my. No, I, Wade LeBlanc needs to be beyond gone. He needs yeah. to be... His bags are packed. Yeah, his ERA was eight. <laughs> yeah, I know it was terrible. No, they need they need like two guys from the, they're there. I agree. They're a guy like well, you didn't even say anything yet, but I agree. 
Because someone's going to say, I agree in general that you they're... You just, like, always agree with me. It's okay. No, not at all. What are you talking about? No, I do think they <laughs> could spend money similarly to the Blue Jays. A little bit to a lesser degree. However, they were right there with the Blue Jays the whole year. And their core is not as good, but they are not supposed to be as good. Yeah, they fell off at the end. They... But they were never supposed to be where they were. No, I, I, I agree. I think so. Could, they could they could start doing things. You could say that they might regress to back where they were uh, like a year ago. Uh, they'll meet I think all, a seventy one team. I think a nice comp for the Orioles is the the Marlins kind of playing above their heads and having some surprising uh breakout performances from I agree that's players. a fantastic comp. They were both the two worst teams. And in the, the Marlins started before. to add the Marlins you know as they got better the Marlins started to add they got Sterling Marte the deadline they, you know, even last offseason, they signed, like, Jesus Aguilar, Corey Dickerson. So, I, I can see the, the Orioles making, making some, like, one-year deals to, like, kind of smoothed out the roster. But, you know, the countdown is two years until Chris Davis becomes a free agent. So, yeah. they're not going to do anything. They're not doing anything sexy until that contract is done. So They should probably avoid doing things sexy forever until they just repent for the sin of that contract. But <laughs> yeah. Probably, yeah, probably I mean, the worst contract in the history of baseball. It literally cannot be explained how bad of a deal that was. Uh, <laughs> I, I think every July 1st, you're proven wrong, Brendan. Happy Bobby Bonilla Day. But uh, not no, even as bad. Not even as bad. Famous. Do you realize he's the worst qualified hitter the past three years? Do you realize that Bobby Bonilla is like 55? Like you realize Bobby Bonilla is the GOAT for signing that deal? Like, literally. <laughs> yeah, so Chris Davis. Yeah, it's a Borat, bro. Not, oh my god, I said Borat instead of um, the agent. What are, what am I trying to say? Scott Boris. <laughs> Borat, that's hilarious. Ah, Scott the Borat. Oh, that's okay, when Chris Davis signed that contract. <laughs> oh. oh, that's terrible. Oh, yeah, no, I uh, yeah, they need to they need to stay away from anyone like that. But like generally speaking, the Orioles can make noise. It just better be in the rotation. The no, offense I think, is good enough to I, win games. I, I think that the Orioles just wait out the Davis contract and just kind of hang out for a couple of years. Well, and... I think they should they should make some like one year deals to round out the roster. There should be a lot of there should be a lot of players they're available. They're winning now though. They're not... But that's not what no I'm saying. No one knows if they're winning now or not. They could be competitive. They're not. I think expanded expanded playoffs are here to stay. Unfortunately, but like you can do a couple one year deals and see how things work out. You could trade them at the deadline. Literally the that's how you. That's how you that. like. The Brewers and Twins make the playoffs every year. I don't know how the Brewers do, but they by guy one year one year guys every year. Yeah, but you can Stockish or something. You can sign a you can sign a veteran for a one year deal. Sign for like a losing team can sign a one year deal to a guy and trade him at the deadline. Like it's not. Is he signed for forever? I think I so. He signed like four one-year deals in a row. I just like, no, no, that, honestly, yeah, that's honestly not a bad thought. Yeah, I totally assumed he signed a one-year. Honestly, check that. I don't even know. No, no, he's definitely, he's he's not, no, he definitely, he definitely signed a four-year deal. Did he really? Yeah, yeah. He oh, that's terrible. That's terrible. Yeah, we don't. You don't remember when the Reds just went nuts? Um, yeah, I, I yeah I'm, I'm on the the Orioles just kind of hang out. Not yeah. even tank. Like they should really just like observe what's going on. And no, I think we should. I think for twenty million combined. I think you put money. good players around your young players to kind of you know not put the pressure on your on your prospects. I think if anything, you let the young players mature, and then you. I think that's been proven wrong though. Who are they maturing with? Name name a good veteran on that team. Each other. They they are like. Literally, their that's lineup. That's very cute, I, but that's not how it works. Ridiculous. No, <laughs> no, but like their lineup, I just listed like seven guys. You have to put professional hitters. You have to put professional players around them for the. They need for Miguel the Rojas. They need a Miguel. I'm not even joking. They need a Miguel Rojas, like a real team captain. They need Chris a, Davis is certainly not the guy. <laughs> it's the worst attitude ever. Like literally, there's no way they need a guy like Chris Davis. Batted this year. I mean, they only played in 16 games. You know yeah, it was like 0-3-8 probably. No, he batted 115. That's like high for him. 
You realize that's like a high batting average for yeah, him? Yeah, yeah. Probably better than last year. It probably is better than last year. Yeah, he got like 40 games yeah, out of you know last year. You know who's better than? Bobby Brigham Bonilla, whose batting probably. average was a zero. Yeah, it's a little like, terrible. All right, Mets suck. Anyway. Um, Fine, we'll go to the Red Sox, who I think are a sleeping giant. I've sa- I said it before when we talked about future teams. It was one of our first episodes. I said the Red Sox will be one of the best teams I in the I think the fact the that they're losing, the fact that they're losing Jackie Bradley Jr. most likely is a bigger deal than a lot of people I agree. I agree. He was so good. Yeah, he was really good. And Fenway, we should not ignore the fact that he is a great defender in a crazy center field. You want to talk about stupid dimensions in baseball? Fenway Park probably has the dumbest dimensions ever. It's he's also, a, he's not a good defender. He's like gold-gloving defender. Yeah. Yeah, he's, an, he's elite. You got Triple Zally. Or, or whatever it's... Uh, no, Triples Alley's in San Francisco. You got the Bermuda Triangle out in right center. A crazy... In, in like, the wall moves in so fast in right center. Yeah. Along with the, the Bermuda Triangle. The center field wall is, like, like 420 feet from home plate and, like, 20 feet high. And then you have the caroms off the Green Monster. So you totally need a... A, a gold glove outfielder to replace Jackie Bradley Jr., along with a guy who could replicate the 283, 364, 450 slash line that Bradley just put up this year. See, I don't think it's out of the order. I don't think it's impossible they re-sign him. I don't think that's out of the, the question. I don't think it's likely. Here's my thing. I've made it very clear. I really dislike Benintendi. He's a good fielder, though. So, like, he's a, he's going to stay, even though his offense is so well, overrated. He's only 26. He could, he like, turn around. He, he definitely could. He didn't play that much this year. He only played 14 games. He his, his if he's healthy, average, he could his be. His batting average was a 100, but his OPP uh, was 314. Just like it was 128. So, um... He's not... He, he's here to stay. JD yeah. accepted his, um... Well, let me rephrase that. He opted, he, in. he opted into his deal for his player option. So he's here to stay. They're on the hook for 25 for him, I believe. Who? Wait, Jackie Bradley? No. No, J.D. Martinez. Oh, J.D. Martinez. I, I don't think the Red Sox will resign JBJ just because like they can easily slide Benintendi over to center. Also, Verdugo and right. They could use a left fielder now because now like Michael Chavez is like their starting left fielder. But he, Chavez could really like a... Chavis. Chavis could also be their second baseman. Uh, also, they could use a first baseman because they traded Mitch Moreland to the Padres. Chavis can also be the first baseman. Chavis literally was the first baseman. Yeah. Okay, so Chavis is kind of like Chavis can be like you know they have two slots open in their lineup right now. Looking at their like depth chart, um, the top of their lineup is still like very solid with Bogart, Stevers, Martinez. Hopefully, we'll have a bounce back here. Verdugo was very underrated because all the eyes were on Mookie. Lol. Um, yeah, but Verdugo was a solid player. Yeah, he batted three hundred. Their but the reason, is, I mean, the Red Sox, fun. the Red Sox bullpen's always been a problem, but the rotation has just been abysmal. Absolutely terrible. Well, because they traded Price, um, Porcello left, Chris Sale got hurt, and Evaldi and, stinks. And Rodriguez is also not on the rotation well, right now. Well, Rodriguez got hurt. Yeah, he'll be back. Chris Sale got Tommy John surgery last m- March, so he will not be expected to start. If we do play 162 this year, he won't be ready for, like, opening day. Aguero Rodriguez is supposedly supposed to be ready, be 100% for opening day. Yeah, the good thing is Zach Oddly is gone. Like, that's definite. And, um, <laughs> yeah, who's the other guy yeah. they had? That was like a lefty soft tosser. They didn't have a good rotation at all. No. No, they're the worst in baseball. Realistically, um, they like, might have been worse than the Orioles. Avaldi was a really bad resigning. I think he's like... It wasn't, it wasn't terrible, he's but he's two, not worth the money that he's getting. He's two years into his four-year extension. 
Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez is a pretty underrated starter, but besides besides those two, they have really three big holes in the rotation. You know, because you can't really count Sale for next year. And they also have no farm system to replace. That's very fair. They also like have. They are. They did reset the luxury tax by getting under and trading bets in price last winter. So they had, do. If they do want to, like, you know, run up their payroll a little bit, they have about like forty million dollars to spend. You know, roughly. Which so they, I think they should spend on at least the bullpen. They could spend. Well, there's not they a ton. The there's not a ton. They could maybe get Liam Hendricks, but again, like I don't know what path the Red Sox are going to take yet because they were so bad last year. And, and I mean, maybe you bounce, you hope for a bounce back from JD, and maybe Sale comes back in July, but like. I don't know what really what you can expect from the Red Sox because they're pitching. You know, you need pitch at least three or four guys just to yeah, be I'm like very no, anti-spending on the bullpen without a rotation. I never okay, understand fair. spending on a bullpen on a losing team. They just need However, this team is a winning team. Yeah, for they need like they need like three Rick Porcellos, but like not even like the five three Rick Porcello. They need like the like the three eight Rick Porcello. Like Tanaka, but they need a, a really. They need a. I think they more so need a stabilizing presence in their rotation. And Tanaka is not an ace, but he's just like a nice. You know, you know what you're gonna get, Tanaka. You need dependable guys for the Red Sox. That's true. So to, that would be a nice steal, honestly, from the Red Sox. If they did. More I think Tanaka it's more likely Boston. they bring in Paxton on a one-year, like fifteen million dollar deal. Yeah, I, 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 I also don't think Paxton Tana- deserves that. I also don't know if he'll get that. Because I agree. He's I one agree. year, I think he could get it. I also Paxton don't think Tanaka though. would do well in the Boston market yeah. for some reason. If you're gonna tell me Robbie Ray deserves eight and he had like a five well, something ERA, Paxton with his strikeout prowess could get fifteen in one year. Well, you know why Tanaka wouldn't do well in the Boston market is because the Red Sox are like the most racist fans in all of baseball. They also like I, literally hate every pitcher to come through their I can see the Red Sox yeah, yeah no, I yeah, I, I don't see it being a great fit, but that, that, <laughs> that's the type of like pitcher they need for the rotation. Like you're they're they're not gonna get Bauer, I think, but Stroman would have been good. Stroman uh, also maybe like Brick Porcello, you know, you know re- making a reunion happen there could be a it's possibility. So it's possible though. So that's I don't like they could be a sleeping giant like I, like Logan said, but I don't like see the right like fits. I don't like see like you know I guess I don't you need see a guy. Bloom to spend money. I don't see a guy though that says like oh the Red Sox like need to get this guy. Yeah, maybe, yeah I, I think Brett Hand would be a good signing. Maybe. It, I I agree. I just think they're in a very weird position right now. Where Logan, you're right. They should spend on the starting pitching, but the starting pitching. Free market agents. is terrible. Yeah, man. the market is is. They're not like clear cut contenders though right now. Like the Rays have passed them. The Yankees are always gonna be good. The Blue Jays could definitely if they spend like definitely. I think they will. No, but like you said though, like the offense is is the offense right now as it stands is is awesome. It still is awesome. You, you fight me on that all you want. They have like all stars littered in the infield and outfield. Assuming Benintendi's not trash, like I think he is. And Chavis isn't trash, but yeah. I'm not even including Chavis. Right. I was literally saying, Devers alone, Devers and Bogart are two MVP candidates. And so is JD on a good year. That's that's a lot. Which he didn't just have, but it's true. I so, think the Red, the Red Sox could rebuild and like have another year of like resetting. Just like, you know, take this year off. Maybe try to dangle JD Martinez. I don't know. Boston and is then a make tough a, market to take this off. I think for one year, though, I think I know Who's the Patriots are bad right now, but the Bruins are still pretty Who's good. Who's their manager? Oh, Alex Cora. Alex Cora. What are we going to get started? Go back to episode 11. Unbelievable, <laughs> that is. Literally, we'll uh, yeah, first thing in the shower on that about, side. Not about John Gibbons. Who was their manager, like, in 2013? Frank Conner. John Farrell. John Farrell. That's what oh, I was okay. About. I don't know why. I didn't, yeah. Really? That's so random. I know. I, I forgot about that guy. Uh, Frank Conner was, like, my childhood Red Sox. Like, yeah, well, he's still the manager of the Indians. And a really good one at that. Yeah, maybe a Hall of Famer. Question line. No, I think he's a Hall of Famer. 
if he won if he won that ring, it's like no doubt yeah, with Indians. Well, he he might win it eventually if they. Well, he won two. He, he won two of the Red Sox. Like he did it's, win two of the Red I did Sox. three. No, no, no. no, no Farrell, Farrell, Farrell won one. It's very weird. Like Farrell, Farrell won it, and got fired, and like the next year because they were like the worst team in baseball. Oh, that's probably Valentine. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And then like the Red Sox just did the same thing. Oh, 2018, 2019. Yeah, actually the exact same. Red Sox are really good at going first to worst. Like really exceptional at it. Yeah. They that's actually, like, right. historically don't do well in the free agent market. Just saying, like, Carl Crawford, Pablo Sandoval, so, like, they're not really good yeah, at that they game. Also, they also struck out on A-Rod and Tex, so go Yankees. I agree. So, yeah, just to, you know, I guess start wrapping myself. I'm not very, like, clear of where the Red Sox should go. I don't think they should just throw money uh, you know, at players. Because that that will bring them back to the same spot they were last year, where they had to trade bets and price and kind of, you know, take a lesser, you know, you trade a a once-in-a-lifetime player for, you know, a nice player. But I think the Red Sox, you keep, you know, you keep your young guys developing your farm, try to, like, make some trades to, like, get rid of some of your veterans, get your payroll lower and lower, then become a player in the next offseason where it's going to be a historic class of free agents. For shortstops. Also, who's like, the pitcher? Like, move a third. Is or second. Also Archer. Or whatever, yeah, you could do a whole... There's a starter. I, I, There's a low-key starter. Is it Chris Archer as a free agent? There's someone that's, like, randomly a free Archer agent. Archer is a free agent, yes. Yeah, I could see them getting Archer for nothing. And then maybe he has a five-year right with a ton of strikeouts. That's, like, a guy they could use. Like... Oh, they don't need the to... RA. Yeah, sure. Yeah, for this team, that's like the best they've had in like two years. That would <laughs> actually lower their team the RA. Yes, I know. That's what I'm saying. They don't need to set the world on fire. Heck, they could even sign Fulmer. They could trade for Fulmer. It's the worst. You hate Michael Fulmer. I hate every Tigers pitcher. Anyway, I genuinely do. I think the Tigers are also a sleeping giant. Well, yeah, we they could be sleeping them. forever. We could get to them <laughs> in a couple episodes. Logan, why don't you take us home? All right, I'll take us home. Guys, be sure to follow us on all the major streaming platforms and social medias. Twitter, Instagram, we're all over. Uh, at Baseball for Breakfast on Instagram. At Baseball for Brad 1 on Twitter. There you go. Got it. Always hard to pronounce the Brett. You got me. Guys, we will be here on Monday. What did you say? I'm making sure that you guys rate us on Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. Uh, definitely do and that. Make sure that is how... if we should kick Logan off the podcast. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, vote me off, please. No, it's take a lot of time. No, definitely vote us. Uh, definitely rate us high. That is how we make noise in the podcast community. It's how we get up the rankings in the sports world. Yeah, the power rankings. I agree. Right now, we are sleeping giants. Right now. <laughs> We're pretty much the Tigers, but on the good side. Mom, Dad, thanks for listening. <laughs> No, guys, definitely stream us. Definitely got us going. Um, listen to us on Monday. Bye.